Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Put Me in the Game. My name is Jerry Jerome. And here we are. This is not the second episode, but it is a bonus episode. It's going to be concentrating on Allen Iverson. When we record, we don't want to, you know, make a five-hour episode, but we do tend to hold court and let ourselves go down, I won't say pig trails, but expand upon the subject as we see fit. And that's the case for Allen Iverson. There's a lot of things we wanted to say about him, and we took some time to explore him with a little bit more depth. While it was germane to the conversation of who was going to be on the 12th for Philadelphia 76ers, we thought our discussion about Iverson would be better served by letting it stand out on its own. And it does. It, it does pretty well. It's not long enough for a full episode, but we think it's a, you know, a nice little snack for those who uh, like what we're offering so far and put me in the game. So, with uh, no further ado, here we go with our thoughts on the man who lets us know the importance and value of practice. Alan Iverson. can't argue with AI, man. And like you said, he changed the culture of the game. Changed you know, the culture. I, I actually personally, man, I, I feel like he changed more than just the basketball culture. I think he changed the culture in this country. Mm. Like, I, you know, basketball is so influential. Like, football in this country is more popular. With football, it's not so much about the name on the back of the jersey. It's about the name on the front. And so people follow teams regardless of who's playing. But I can recall even when I was growing up, my favorite team was always the Lakers. My second favorite team would be whoever Charles Barkley was playing for. You know, at one point it was Philly and another point it was Phoenix. It was whoever, whoever Charles was playing for. That's why I was who I was rolling with other than the Lakers. And so with, with the NBA, it's more about the name on the back. And these guys are like, they're global brands and AI. Like I can remember before he started playing, he made cornrows popular. When I was growing up, you know, unless you were some little hood, thug, ghetto gang member, you didn't wear cornrows. You didn't have tats, tats like that. And he, and when he first came into the league, he didn't, he wasn't doing all that. You know, AI coming straight out of Georgetown. He had the little regular, just a regular little fade, had the waves popping. But then next, you know, once he started just kind of being himself, it's like the do-rags, the, the baggy jeans, the cornrows, the tats. It's like, and everybody follows suit. And then as the players in the league started following suit, you started seeing this culture take place in the country overall. Like now, you know, guys looking like newspaper with the tats all over, like just, it's crazy. We know the tats and then the, the crazy hairstyles and different things like that. Um, they've even gotten away from the, you know, remember at one point the league was making guys wear the suit and tie and everything, dress a certain way. Now guys are just, just kind of doing their own thing again. Allen Iverson had 
to me, had everything to do with that. He changed the game, not just the game of basketball, but he changed the game, period. Just just the way culture, you know, our culture is in this country. And it, and it wasn't just for, for, for basketball players or black people. He changed the culture in the country, period. Allen Iverson was, was a big deal, man, for sure. Oh, yeah. And then kind of going away from the basketball side of it, he was a great football player. He yeah, a lot of people miss that. Yeah. Yeah. He was considered Michael Vick before Michael Vick. You know, they both came out of Virginia. Right. And yeah. I believe so he, he, was, uh, he was all state in football. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? We, we could have been talking about him in the NFL. Terribly talented. He was, a, he was a true athlete. There was nobody else who I could think of who came out of one year of college who could take it to Jordan. <laughs> nobody <laughs> it's like yeah i'm oh i got you old man all right ah, <laughs> take him on the cross hey, that, uh, that, that, that move that move will forever dead. sit in the annals of time as one of the little uh-huh. the coldest move. and he, i mean it's like it's not just the move i mean we've mm-hmm. seen crazy crossovers but it's mm-hmm. like it's who you did that to mm-hmm. like, like at what point in your career you did that to mm-hmm. him that? it's like yep. that crazy yeah yeah and tell you what it's not even as cold as move this coldest move is oh. stepping over Tyron Lue. Tyron Lue will forever be the guy that got stepped over. Now that he's coaching the, the Clippers, it's, yeah. oh, my bad, the Clippers, it's oh, like, yeah, man. you're forever that guy. Yeah. Like, oh, you're the guy yeah. that got stepped right. over. I mean, it, 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 it wasn't and looked like at him too guy. like, this guy, man, get out of here, son. Right. I hate oh, I missed man. that game, man. It's a meme. I hate it's I missed that meme. game. Right, <laughs> man. It was the whole meme. Like, you did a, a defensive <laughs> player, and it's like you just got you got just <laughs> the whole just, meme. And then he lost. Then he lost the series, but we remember the step. <laughs> right. It's it's like you, you you lost. You didn't win. You didn't win the chip, but we still remember how you stepped over Tyron Lue. Right. Right. I yeah. think that that was the only game they beat the Lakers in that series. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they had lost the game that whole postseason. Yeah. And then they came out, you know, firing, beat the Lakers, and then they, you know, got a gentleman sweep and, with the And that was at Staples Center, right? That was game, that was game yep. two. Yeah. That was yeah. Game two at, no, it was game one. one. It was game it was one. Game one. Oh, yeah, it, man. They needed overtime. That's a bad man. <laughs> bad man. And I think I think the one thing too, man, when you look at that team, who did he have? He had, you know what? We always get, you know, we always give, we always give Bron credit uh-huh. for taking, you know, teams with no talent, quote unquote, to the finals. But man, who did he have? Like he had nobody else that could score the rock. Yeah. He had well, a bunch no, of good. No, he, he, he had snow. He had snow. And he had oh, snow. But I'll tell, you the pro- I'll tell you what the problem was. I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly what the problem is. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. Listen. The, the problem with him was this: the players who had who had to score could score on not garbage time minutes, but garbage season minutes. For example, Kevin Love, right? When he was like, "Oh, Kevin Love get all these rebounds and all these points," but he got in Minnesota, and I'm like, "I'll let Kevin Love score 50 points. You're not going to win this game." So when you had Snow and the Key and other guys, he had the numbers before Iverson didn't look horrible. But the problem was they weren't getting any wins. That's why they get the first round pick with Iverson. So okay. he can get guys who could, in theory, score points, but it's not on the level where they can make Iverson any better. He had to make them all better by scoring fifty something points a game. They just they weren't players that were of a caliber that could be like 
Robert Ory or Fox or Shaw on a winning team. Every, every single player on his team was a role player. Everybody. I'm going to put it to you this way, Joe. They weren't the best role players. That's my problem. That's what I'm saying. They were role players. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is they were not role players of the caliber that yeah. could bring I- Iverson to the Eastern Conference Finals every season. They weren't that good. They were players, and I hate to talk bad about NBA players, but right. they just weren't role players of the caliber to bring him up there. Even when they, even when that season when they get there, they have the Kembe because the Kembe's the, the role player can play the big role to complement his small his small size. So to your point, he didn't have the type of players that could help him go out there for a war. He would have to pretty much kill himself, score 50 some points in that first round in overtime to get one win against the Lakers, and that's it. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't have enough soldiers for a war. Yeah, he. I, yeah, AI man, he he just never had he never had that second guy to take that weight off of him. And, and every there's there's really no the only team I can think of that really won a championship without two legit guys is Dallas. When Dallas won, uh, when Dirk won, or when they beat Miami. Do you it's think like, do you think that's because Dallas? Well, two, I think that might be for two reasons. One. I think if you're talking about a big who's your only big guy, it, it, it brings the extra it brings the extra dimension to it because they're not just gonna get fouled all the time and take all the, and take all those hard hits like Iverson would have to. And the other thing was the guys on Dallas who were the role players, a lot of them were second bananas or top guys on other squads earlier. Like Jason Terry was like a second banana earlier. Jason Kidd was a top banana earlier. So I think they could take the weight on better than Iverson's guys did. I don't think it really mattered. I don't think it, I don't okay. think the big I don't think the big mattered. I think Mutombo would have done just fine. But you got going back to that Philly team defensively. Defensively, defensively they were great. They were solid. No, they and were I think defensively. If they would have matched up against any other team but the Lakers, like if they would have matched up against Sacramento, they would have had a better shot because I still would have lost defensively. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, don't man, Sac was very very good like sacramento if, if the lakers were a 10 sacramento was like a nine maybe a 9.5 like that series was very close it's just we got shaq and kobe with the lakers. right you had shaq was the x factor and kobe was the only person that can match iverson if you look at it at that time i mean from a from a scoring perspective yeah i mean but see that's the thing shaq and kobe they both of those dudes at any given time could give you 30 40 points yeah Period. They they could, I, they could hold. They could do. You had two guys on that team, even though they played different positions. You had two guys on that team that could put up the same kind of points that AI could. But and Aaron, I put it to you this way: he he didn't have anybody else. And you gotta have somebody that can take on that load. Nobody in the history of the game can do it. Has done it by themselves. I mean, Dirk Dirk and Whiskey did it with Dallas, but it's kind of like look. You beat a Miami team that kind of was a little, little high, extra hyped up. It was our first year together. Maybe we thought they were going to be a little better than what they were, but he did it. You can't take anything away from him. That's forever in the annals of time. Yeah. You didn't really have a second quote-unquote star, right. but you did have other guys on that team that could give you buckets. Finley, Kid, Jet. Right. You had got you know, like Jason Terry and different ones. Like you had guys that by no stretch are these like – all-star caliber players, but they can give you buckets, you know, and they, 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 they stepped up when they needed to. And that's, that's how Dallas got that done. And then there's obviously the Detroit team to beat the Lakers. What was that? In 03, 04. And that's, yeah. whoo. That, that team right is right there. The best, now the best role players <laughs> playing at their peak. 
Yeah, right, right. right. And, and to me, they people never give Larry Brown enough credit. No a, credit. I mean, it's like I know well, we all. Know, you know why? You know why? Because of practice? No, 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 no. Because what? he can't. He can't stay anywhere more than three seasons. You know, man. Same <laughs> dude, to me, to me, he's one of the best coaches to ever do it. I, I That's my shoot. We always talk about player. we always talk about Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. Larry Brown needs to get thrown in there a little bit oh, more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's Larry, true. Larry's the first coach to win in the league, in the Olympics, and college. I think he's the first coach to get all three. So yeah, right. I, I definitely think he's, he's think he's, I think he's one of the best coaches. I put him up there. If I'm counting it in my head now, top six. For maybe sure. higher. Top six, maybe higher. Absolutely. Yeah. But practice. <laughs> practice? Practice. <laughs> practice. Hey, hey, did y'all, did y'all hear that story that, that he was drunk at that um news conference? Press conference? Really? Yeah. No, I never I, heard that. I, I, heard I, didn't, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. I know he's had some problems with substance like after. Yeah, but, stop reading memes, man. No, I, I, he's got, he has some problems after. I didn't hear about that. I think what I what I think about Iverson, the other thing about him is he had a lot of weight on his shoulders. Like a lot of the players, he had to take care of his whole family. But I'm thinking about in Virginia where he had that um that fight at the bowling alley. He's only 18, and um he's got a he's he's got this fight in the bowling alley, and uh, arguably a lot of the stuff that they were people were saying was his fault wasn't his fault. It's not like he's trying to start a fight with everybody in the bowling alley but that whole thing pops off and it's like if he makes the wrong move he can't go to georgetown he can't make he can't make a career for himself he can't take care of his family and it's all on him at at, at that young age he's not the only player to have to go through that but knowing how talented he was and what he was able to do even at georgetown for that one season that's a lot of weight on him and i think he's he's not the first one and done but he's he's probably the most he's probably the most impactful to do it early to do the one and done. He's a friend better for the league. I mean, didn't Chris Webber do one and done? No, he was there at least. I thought he was three. Years? Oh yeah, they did do two. Because he had the first run and then he had the timeout, right? Right, <laughs> you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it was three, but yeah, yeah, yeah I guess it was two. That was that was a good that was a good batch of players. Chris was good too, but I think Chris Chris didn't hit. When Iverson came in as a rookie, it was just he was a scorching hot. There's nobody else on the squad you really want taking the shots, and he was it was just he's just so entertaining to watch. So yeah, he's he's one of kind, man. It's one on one. And it's another question: What if Kobe would have went to Philly, and you switched that? That's another conversation we can have for another day. <laughs> I don't know how they would have. I don't know how they would have got him. My my big question is: What if he stayed on? What if Charlie didn't trade him? Right, that's a good question. <laughs> He would have eventually come to the Lakers anyway, man. It don't matter. He would have eventually. <laughs> the Lakers going to get there, man. Yeah, yeah. With Jerry West at the helm, yeah. They're going to get what they want to get.
And that is the end of our Alan Iverson bonus episode. Again, I want to say thank you to my co-host, my brothers, Aaron Covington, Joseph Delia. Um, thank you to Kim Briscoe for your consultation on how to get the recording saw set up. Um, and thank you to Quentin Fields again. You can find his work on SoundCloud under the moniker Tracks, T-R-A-Q-Z. We'll put a post for that inside the um, in the podcast. And again, a special shout out to a friend of ours, our brother, the uh, biggest liquor fan I know, Shannon Simmons. Again, the biggest liquor fan I know, the biggest liquor fan I know, Shannon Simmons. And for Aaron Covington, Joseph Delia, my name is Jerry Jerome, and the podcast is Put Me In The Game. All right, what's next? <laughs>